Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So the bracket is out. UConn gets a matchup as UConn being the five seed gets the 12 seed in in New Mexico State. So I've got on a guy who's covered this team all season, Colin Deaver. He's from KTSM 9 News, and he's here to help us get a bit of a breakdown on this New Mexico State team. So Colin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's the, the best time of year. My favorite events to cover in the world is is uh, the NCAA tournament, specifically the first and second rounds. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Hopefully, as we were talking before we started recording about trying to get up to Buffalo, and it's uh, quite the trek from the El Paso, Las Cruces region to, yes. to western New York. So we're going to do our best. That's the, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not the easiest of, of trips for you guys. I, I'm curious. For, for fans, uh, you know, from up here in Connecticut, I, I'm not sure how many have necessarily paid attention to the WAC into New Mexico State basketball. Can you give us just a little bit of a breakdown on the season they've had and just give us some initial thoughts on this team? So I've been in this business. Um, this is now 10 years. I've covered the Pac-12, the Big 12, the SEC, the Southland Conference, the WAC, Conference USA. This is hands down. It's not even close the most up and down basketball team that I have ever covered <laughs> in my life. You look at their record, they're 26 and six, they're 79th in the net. They are 81st in Ken Palm. They have one of the top players. They're the WAC player of the year and Teddy Allen averaging almost 20 points a game. He is starred at Nebraska and West Virginia uh, earlier in his career. They have pieces to make a sweet 16. They do. They also lost to Chicago State this year, which is one of the worst basketball teams in college basketball over the last 10 years. So the, the number one thing you have to know about New Mexico State is that they are incredibly inconsistent. They are absolutely capable of walking into Buffalo on Thursday night and beating UConn, maybe by 15 points. They are also incredibly capable of walking into Buffalo on Thursday night and losing to UConn by 30 points. It just is a matter of which team shows up on a given night. And I have, you know, lots of stats that kind of will back that up. You know, just how up and down they are. They do do some things well. They do some things not very well. Um, but the number one thing is just like their their highs are just, they can be incredibly high. Their lows can be incredibly low. And you don't really know which team is going to show up every single day. They get 26 and 6, um, but a lot of those wins by virtue of playing in the WAC, which is isn't a great league. Um, it's it's better. It was a lot better this year than it has been in the past, but still not a great league. So a lot of those wins by virtue of, of being in the wax. So um, we shall see, I guess. Take us through what makes this New Mexico State team good when they're having a good day. Uh, number one on the list would be Teddy Allen. Uh, again, WAC player of the year, uh, averaged 17 a game in the Big Ten last year at Nebraska, was on a West Virginia team in 2018 that I believe made the Sweet 16. Um, what he is on, I mean, he, he's six foot six shoots from, I mean, he can hit shots that you're just unbelievable, unbelievable <laughs> shots. Like it's, you, you can't imagine him, you know, anybody making shots like that, especially in the whack. He dropped 41 points on Abilene Christian in a, in a game this year. He had 33 against Seattle, multiple 30 point games. He had 30 at Grand Canyon. Like he can score. Um, and he, people talk about, you know, guys that kind of, um, 
get the casual fan interested in March Madness for a, for an underdog team. Teddy Allen fits that narrative to a T. So if he can get going, I mean, that's to me, he's the biggest key to NMSU pulling off an upset. If he has a big game against UConn, I think NMSU could, could get it done. If he doesn't, then it, it, it's going to be tough. And I think even though he's 6'6", 225, whatever he is, I mean, I, I'm sure UConn's going to have some guys to throw at him. So that would be one way. The other way is, you know, they shoot just 32.7% from three uh, on the year. However, they have multiple games. And like, you look at, like, their best games of the year. Mm-hmm. They shot very well from three as a team. You beat, they beat Davidson. That was probably their best um, win of the season, went 11 for 25. At Stephen F. Austin, they made 14. Grand Canyon, they made 13. But then they kind of have different ways to beat you. I mean, they rebound well, not as well as, as, as UConn does, but they're um, looking at the rebounding margin stats that on NCAA.com. UConn is eighth the rebounding margin for the season. Uh, New Mexico State is 14th. So, like, they do rebound yeah. pretty well. Um, so, it's just that's that's going to be kind of a matter of, like, is there is is, Ted, is Teddy Allen going nuts? That's one. Two is, like, are there three-point shots falling? Because they're going to take a lot of threes. They're, they're like – and it's a matter of whether or not they're going to be going in. They're going to take a lot of threes and then the rebounding. I mean, if they, if, if, if Adama Sonogo is killing them on the glass, which he has done a lot this year to teams <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough for New Mexico state if they can kind of control uh, the glass, like they do a lot of the time, albeit in the whack. Um, then I think they'll, they'll have a chance. Um, I will say this. I think this is um, as tough of a matchup. Like, I'm not saying this is an easy matchup by any means for New Mexico State. Of the five seeds, like of, of Iowa, of mm-hmm. UConn, St. Mary's, and Houston, I do like this matchup better for New Mexico State than any of the, the, than the other three because they will play slow. And, like, UConn, you know, their, their, paces, their paces are fairly similar, according to Ken, Ken Palm. Um, so I, I, that's one of the reasons I kind of like the matchup a little bit, but again, we'll see when they step on the court on Thursday. So then looking at the flip side here. So, you know, when, when they're on Teddy Allen's going off, they're hitting threes, they're, they're crashing the glass. What happens when they lose to a team like Chicago state? What, what are they doing wrong there? Well, that game, they only had, you have to, I will say they only had eight available players. Okay. That was, that was number one, but there were a lot of other things on courts that made it so that the best team in the WAC 12 seed in the NCAA tournament lost to one of the worst teams in college basketball. Um, they are very turnover prone, uh, 294th in the nation turnovers per game. That's 14 a game. Um, so UConn's probably going to be able to, to turn them over. Um, and that, you know, obviously can lead to easy baskets the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been an issue for New Mexico state all season long. They also, they and and actually, I would say this is a reason for why I would think New Mexico State could get it done. Is they do play up, they play up and down to their competition a lot. Obviously, you manage imagine NCAA tournament game yeah. against a five seed in a what is probably going to be something like a road game in Buffalo. Um, you would think they'd probably get up for it, but you never know. I mean, it's just they are so up and down. So I I just think the the turnovers and then. You know, Allen, as good as he is, he's been at five. This is his fifth school, I think. So he and he's gotten into arguments on the sideline with the head coach, Chris Jans. Um, in game, he was basically benched for the last seven minutes of the Chicago State game. Um, and, you know, if that yeah. happens in an NCAA tournament game, like, you know, that's that's probably it for, <laughs> for the Aggies 2022 season. I don't foresee that happening in a tournament yeah. game. Like I said, I think like 
they're they're going to get up for this one. Teddy Allen said in his their press conference after getting selected today, like we we're not going up there to lose. So I mean, they're 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 confident. They're 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 a confident team. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be tough. So we've you've mentioned uh, Teddy Allen's name a lot. Give give me another uh, a couple other names of guys that that UConn fans should, should be looking out for on, on this New Mexico State team. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jabari Rice. Um, he's he's their second leading scorer, kind of ahead of the snake. Mm-hmm. Their best um, on ball defender from a guard standpoint, also averages double figures, rebounds the ball very well. He's he's just been around for a while. Um, you know, you can say that about a lot of guys, like in the in kind of the COVID era of college sports. But Rice has been in, um, at New Mexico State. He redshirted in 2017, 2018. So um, you know, Rice Rice is a guy that can kind of make things go for them. Averages 12 a game. Uh, beyond him, Johnny McCants um, is a sixth-year senior. Um, that, and that's the other thing about this Aggie team. They're just very experienced. They have guys yeah. that, that, that have been playing college basketball for a long time. Johnny McCants, um, his numbers on the stat sheet, when if you UConn fans go look him up, it's not eye-popping. He averages like nine and five a game. Um, but he just does so many things that kind of like lead to winning. I kind of I describe him as like a homeless man's Draymond Green um, <laughs> because of how they use him. They'll use him in as like the role man in okay. in, in pick and rolls. And he, he passes very well um, out of that. So there's, there's been games where McCants is just, you know, picking people apart as the, as like the decision maker out of a pick and roll. Um, Clayton Henry is just kind of a role player, not good three point shooter this year. He shot uh, 35% from three this season. So that, that's one of those guys, like if he's not, if he's knocking down threes, um, you know, that's, that's the anatomy of an upset. Um, and then I guess inside, it'll be interesting to see if Donnie Tillman plays. He was, he started his career at Utah was Pac-12, uh, six man a year at Utah, went to UNLV. He's been injured a lot this year when he plays well, the Aggies usually play pretty well. And then last guy I'll mention is, uh, this is a guy who probably like from like, just looks apart like looks mm-hmm. like he could play in the big east uh will mcnair is a center um probably six foot ten 260 270 pounds like big guy um finishes well around the rim um but more or less kind of needs other people to like create for him he doesn't really okay. have like an offensive game so that would be like the the, the starting five six man scattering report on the aggies when it comes to the head coach here Take us through uh, and give us a little background on, on Chris Jans here and, and his style of coaching and, and what he brings to this program. So Jans comes from the Greg Marshall coaching tree at Wichita State. Um, I think fans, uh, UConn fans will probably remember uh, Marshall from their time in the yeah. American as a fairly fiery guy. Uh, <laughs> got himself fired for it. Jans is is fiery, not on that level uh, of, of a Greg Marshall, but he he is intense, man. Um, he, he expects a lot. Um, he's, you know, he, he's from small town, Iowa kind of teaches like a hard nosed game. That's why he's, that's why their his teams are usually pretty good rebounding teams because he teaches it. Um, he emphasizes it. Um, and it, he's, I've been surprised, a little surprised and also not surprised at the same time that he hasn't moved up. Um, he was, he was the head coach at Bowling Green in mm. 2014, 15, got fired after one season. Um, for an incident at a bar, um, which he, you know, he's, he's owned up to and, and has, has many, many times said, Hey, yeah, he's like, I, I did it and lost my job because of it. And he's at NMSU and 
for the, you know, for five years has been more or less a model citizen at New Mexico State um, as the head coach and has been to three NCAA tournaments. They've almost pulled a couple of upsets. So I think if they can get an upset this year, you would, you'll probably see Dan's, um, his name really start circulating. He almost got the UTEP job last year. He almost got the East Tennessee State job two years ago. But I think if they can pull an upset, or even if they don't, um, but especially if they pull an upset of UConn, I think you're, you're going to see his name really circulating for some better jobs. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. What was his reaction to, to facing UConn? I, I saw the clip you put out earlier. I, I retweeted it. It was hilarious. He almost spit out his water. Was he spitting out his water at the fact they were a 12 seed, the fact it was UConn? What, what, do, you, what do you find out about that? I think it was more that the fact that they were a 12 seed because – Joe Lenardi, Jerry Palm, I mean, for weeks, uh, really the last two or three weeks since they lost to Chicago State, they were on that 13 line, that that even that 14 seed line. So I think he was expecting that. Um, the last projection had them, uh, both Palm and Lenardi had them as a 13 seed going to play UCLA in Portland, Oregon. Um, and so I think it was two things. It was the fact that they were a 12 seed and then also – they were the sixth team in the entire tournament announced. So it was so quick. Yeah. The team itself hadn't even made it to the watch party yet. They were like eating pizza downstairs. And then all of a sudden, like James is the only one up there with the team basically. So I think it was like, it was a lot of, it was most of mostly that he said in his press conference after they got selected that he hasn't seen a UConn game all year, obviously has respect for him. He knows, he knows, I'm sure has a general idea of how they play. You know, you know, Dan Hurley is, is well known. The big East is, is very well known, but he said, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about them. Um, and so they're, I'm sure they're deep in, 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 in preparation for, for the Huskies uh, right now. And it's, it's going to be quite the, quite the preparation for RJ Cole and, and Adama Sonogo for sure. Colin, I, I really appreciate the time and thanks for helping fill us in on this Mexico state team. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.